Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Welcome. This is a Friday edition of Sound the Shofar. Tower is not here this morning. And this is our one day out of the week that we do one in the daytime. In the morning hours. Warren Radio broadcast, this one, Sound the Show Far, features in-depth biblical study and other items of importance. And we do not do any call-in shows. We don't take calls. And I know Blog Talk does a lot of that, but uh, Blog Talk is just one of many where this show goes. Blog Talk is just another avenue for us. And uh, you can follow us on any one of our social feeds. We'll get into that in a minute. But go over to warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. You can read all the articles. You can listen to the shows over there as well. But you can also get on our contact page and send us any relevant information or questions or whatever. You can follow the WIBR Warren Radio, which consists of the Warren Radio, which is the Watchman Alert Radio Network. That's where we have a lot of the places where this is uh, where you can find this to listen to. And then the WIBR, the Watchman Institute for Biblical Research. And the Watchman Institute started many, many years ago. And uh, out of that came Wings Ministries, which is another, walking into the newness of God's spirit. We have a whole bunch of acronyms like that. <laughs> They're kind of funny. But at any rate, you can, you can follow us, Watchman IS216. I have here on Facebook and Twitter, we have uh, several Twitter feeds. You can find us, uh, Facebook, uh, I don't really do Facebook anymore, but uh, we do have, you can find us on there. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is uh, hashtag Warren Radio, as is uh, um, USA.life and MeWe. And then LinkedIn is uh, hashtag Watchman, and well, that's about it. Uh, and I think uh, I, I highly recommend LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, Twitter hasn't been too bad, although they uh, can definitely be a problem or an issue with many people. You can hear the shows on Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Music, uh, Warren Radio Visions. That's what this is on Blog Talk, Podcast Addict, CastBox, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor, and Podchaser. And so... Uh, at any rate, a couple of articles, America's Faithful, Wise, Political Servants. Uh, that'll be interesting for you. America's Faithful, who are the wise among us? That's a good question anymore, especially if you're on your Twitter feed. Trusting God in tribulation, trepidation. There is going to come a time when you're going to need to trust God, and you cannot be full of uh, trib, uh, trepidation. <laughs> Big word, early in the morning. So at any rate... That's uh, pretty much today. We're talking about the House of God, Judgment Authority over the Nations, Part 10. We're about done with this study. 
and uh, it's uh, it gives a round out to uh, the study that we're doing on uh, Isaiah. Uh, this week we did uh, Babylon. Let the watchman declare what he seeth. Uh, we went through that. That actually was a, a couple of shows that we did that. And uh, we're moving forward. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think we're in chapter, we're going to be in chapter 22 of Isaiah. And uh, it's going to take us a while. We do these in, in nice, listenable one-hour segments. Uh, because one of the reasons for that, we used to do two, two three-hour shows. Uh, which we don't do anymore. Number one, we're getting a little older uh, and we're really busy with a lot of other things that we're doing uh, as far as uh, shows and the websites and everything. But the other thing of it is, is that we are targeting now and have been for some time since uh, 2014, 2015, uh, when we were covering ISIS going through the Middle East, slaughtering Christians and anybody else that didn't agree with them. We found out that a lot of the information, at least for us and, and many others, really, it came from people on the ground using their smartphones and things like that and uh, taking pictures and stuff and then uploading them later. And uh, so, uh, you know, the big avenue out there worldwide is going to be phones like that and Um, smaller things. Not everybody can afford the big computers like most Americans have. Nevertheless, uh, by doing a one-hour segment, it's easier to upload. And another little thing that I might say, TWR has a special that's Trans World Radio. We kind of go back with them a long ways because I was always interested in that kind of thing. Uh, When I was in college, I did broadcasting and uh, when we, uh, in the beginning of this, we were doing shortwave uh, on two different bands, and uh, we reached uh, a long ways around the world. And uh, then we, uh, uh, we've been on uh, satellite FM, and uh, now we're doing this portion of it with the one-hour segments in order to make it easier for people to hear us and stuff. And that's another reason we got on USA.life and even MeWe, because those are more secure. Uh, And and, uh, so is Telegram, by the way. And uh, with these, uh, we do have uh, special groups for people from around the world to join And uh, so especially if you know people in countries that uh, are very hard, you know, pressed to find some fellowship or get information, they can go to these and let us know and we can talk to them. Uh, The only thing of it is, is that uh, we do not send out any monies directly to anybody we support ongoing ministries with proven track records that have boots on the ground and resources and stuff so we refer them we tell them who to go contact Uh, and uh, so within all of this uh, it's an effort to reach every corner of the earth Uh, our real goal here is not to tire americans many of whom are backslidden anyway And you may take offense to it. That's just too bad. The bottom line of it is even even Paul said, 
that the gospel is an offense to them that don't believe, even to those who are lukewarm. And today we're talking about the house of God judgment, so you better get ready. Peter, don't you love Peter? You know, it was always said about Peter. Um, The Lord said, on this rock, I will build my house. Of course, the Catholics uh, take their pope all the way back to Peter, which is really a stretch. Now, the office they can succeed in. But, you know, of course, they call him the vicar of Christ. And, you know, that's up to them. I don't have any qualms with him. There's things I agree with the pope and things I don't agree. And as they pointed out in an article recently that I'd read, that the pope is not perfect. Really, we didn't know that. But see, he is in the limelight, and he has millions of people that listen to him, really. He he has one of the best voices there is, but some of the things that he says are just non-pliable as far as uh, the apostolic uh, teachings go. But uh, nevertheless, uh, there are a lot of believers. I've had friends that were Catholics. I've had relatives that are ca- that were Catholics. They're gone and passed on. And uh, I don't, I don't sit here. My job here is is not to diss these. I preach the truth and teach the truth, and you either receive the truth, which is the word of God, or you don't. And that's the way it is. Now, Peter, of course, uh, as I was saying, you know, uh, for him being the one that Christ had pointed out to lead, and that's what many people believe. Uh, I believe that he was one of the senior members. Even Paul said he went to Peter and the others. So he was recognized at the time as one of the people you go to for to find who is in charge. And Peter, of course, had others around him as well. And uh, it, it's interesting to note we have First and Second Peter. And, of course, you know, he's mentioned in the Gospels. But that's about all we have. And many people want to know, well, where's the rest of what Peter wrote? And there's many people that believe that the Catholic Church has all the stuff and have it down in archives. That's a conspiracy theory. There's no proof to it. But it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, if he was the leader, uh, how come he only wrote First uh, and Second Peter? And, you know, it's kind of interesting when we when we look at that. We expected more, um, but this this thing is true: is that he was busy. Who has time to write? <laughs> they didn't have computers. If you were writing back then, it took a while. See here, when I'm typing, and I'm a, I'm very good at what I do when I'm writing. Uh, I write a lot. Been writing for years. I can write thousands in just a matter of a couple hours or less. In one hour, I can put out a pile of words and making sense, too, I might add. (laughs) So, you know, it's different. You know, if I go back and track all the articles that I've ever published, that's a lot. Of course, we're cleaning up our sites a little more. We don't keep all the articles and everything. You know, we keep them down to so many years and that's it. And uh, and so you begin to realize there's a lot of articles there. 
lot of resources. And that's what we do. And in America today, in the world, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of information. And this information can sometimes be overpowering too much. And so when we look at Peter's warning, we take that in context with today. You know, today we are confronted with a lot of wickedness. You've got to agree to that. And a lot of times, of course, you know, you have that sin and iniquity that is everywhere. And, of course, in every nation, sin and iniquity varies. If you get over in uh, Turkey, for instance, a rapist now uh, can marry or is supposed to marry the one that he raped. You get over into Iran, if you have a social site in the name of Christianity, you can get thrown in jail for a long time. See, to them, that's righteous. That's evil. But what we're talking about is evil, and that evil is designated not by men or their nations, but by God. So the same evil aspect that's here in America is the same evil aspect in Iran and in North Korea and China, all of whom persecute people. And we've covered them all. We are an advocate for the persecuted church. And, you know, men, nations of men, have the ability to turn the other eye, to make their laws and say we're righteous and we can do this. Yeah, you probably can, like in China. And you can throw people like Wang Yi, pastor. You can tear down his church, destroy everything that he was doing, and call yourself righteous. But you're not. You're wicked. You're evil. You don't know God, and you need to repent. So when we talk about judgment begins at the house of God, we're talking about beginning at a place just like it did in Israel. Israel should have known better. Both Judah and Israel, the northern tribes, should have known better, but they didn't. They fell away. They served other gods. They sacrificed their kids unto Baal. They did the offerings that they would do unto Jehovah. They did it unto the Queen of Heaven. They should have known better. Now, see, if you got back in the time of Jacob and Caleb, I mean, uh, Caleb and Joshua, rather, you know, they went into the Promised Land and won and were winners. You follow up and you go into David. He was a warrior king and he defeated everybody. Solomon, you know, uh, when Solomon had his reign and had the temple, it was one of the the glories of the modern world. And he was renowned for his wisdom. However, his wisdom wasn't enough to keep him from falling away from the Lord because all of his wives, 300 wives and 700 concubines, turned his heart away from the Lord. But see, the thing of it is, most of those marriages were pacts with other countries. And that was common among pagan kings and even into the modern era to marry and connect your country so you'd always be united instead of, uh, you know, separated. So it is, just like Israel should have known better, and judgment, of course, came. Both houses went into captivity. Uh, But see, American churches especially, when we look at that, we should know better. 
But see, America has been blessed, and sin and iniquity was allowed to flourish. And now we really don't know what real truth is. We have rights, and in the rights of America and in our laws, people can do certain things that would be classified as an abomination unto God. And if you get in certain areas, you can't even talk about these. If you, you know, they're trying to push laws all over the globe, uh, pretty much that when a law is made, that you may consider immoral. It doesn't matter. Just like Colorado, uh, you know, decided that they, you know, if a baby survived an abortion, uh, there was a law that was they were trying to pass that would mean you'd have to keep the baby alive well they decided against that and and, you know i mean really if you have a live baby who can feel touch look around cry and everything and who among us can kill that innocent baby well now they do that legally Uh, many years ago I came across a a woman who had worked in abortions and uh, she was talking about one procedure where they, you know, uh, the one helping her, uh, she was helping the doctor do that. And at the time, uh, you know, she was saying you had to kill the baby in the womb in that abortion. Because if you brought it outside of the womb, it had to stay alive. It would be murder then. Well, see, that's what they wanted to change, and that's what they have changed. So now it's not murder. But see, it's really, uh, you know, it tells you the truth of our morality. It's murder outside the womb, but it's not murder in the womb. Well, I got news for you. It's still murder, whether it's in the womb or out of the womb. It's murder. So when we talk about morality, Morality is only relevant to the nation because when you get for God, uh, before the Lord God in his judgment, it doesn't matter what you think. It's what he wrote down. He sent his son. It's what his messengers have been warning. You know, God always sent the prophets to warn Israel. And God sends his people, like me and others, to tell you what the truth is. And, of course, there again. We're men or women or children. A child may even tell you we're not perfect, but we do have the word of God and we believe it. We believe in the Lord. And in some countries that can get you killed. Many of them. So Peter, first Peter four twelve, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. You know, that that's really, that's a good statement. Because even in the Roman Empire, you know, I mean, they, you know, let's face it. What kind of technology did they have? They had chariots and they had wheels, the wheels, and it made them go. They had the ability to, to make pots and bronze and brass and gold and shape it and do everything like that. They had modern weapons. They had modern war machine as they had it. The Romans uh, legion was renowned for their fierceness. Now we fast forward to when you and I live here and look at our technology today. We are light years, you know, it's just like star Wars uh, being compared to primitive cavemen. 
that all they didn't even know how to make fire. See, that's the difference in technology today. And so Paul uh, Peter is talking to people that are in their regular lifestyle. You know, they live in the Roman Empire. The Romans are in charge, but yet they allow you as people to live as long as you respect the laws and what they want. Uh, they'll leave you alone. You pay your taxes, you pay your dues, you pay your tribute, and that's it. And so people could live, and that's why how the Roman Empire, they had a Senate, they had a political apparatus, they had a war machine, they had roads. Uh, they had a lot of things that made for the spread of the gospel. And matter of fact, the apostles made use of it because, uh, you know, especially during the time of the Lord, uh, yes, there were robbers out and there was evil, but the Romans were right on top of everything. Uh, and yes, there was slavery. There was slavery even in the time of Israel. Uh, the Torah talks about slavery. And uh, in the Torah, it's not illegal. It was illegal for the Jews to have a slave of another Jew, but it wasn't illegal for the Jews to have a slave of a Gentile. Now, of course, you look at the Muslims uh, they consider it that uh, it's okay for a Muslim, uh, you know, even to have a concubine or rape or or even have someone as a servant that is an unbeliever. See, and this is the way it works in a lot of the areas of the world. Now, see, I don't work under those circumstances, and I don't operate under those circumstances. But see, as though some strange thing, your little world is shaken. There's a fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing. And see, that's the thing. See, we get in our little our little busyness, our little schedules, our jobs, our playtime, our restaurants, our friends, our activities outdoors, whatever it is. And see, all that can be changed in a second. Just a second because of tribulation or trials or trouble. But he says, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partaker of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, Pastor Brunson, when he was being held captive in Turkey, and he didn't know he was going to get out, we didn't know, none of us, how we were covering it. And we had been praying and telling everybody to pray for him and his name, along with another one, Asiya Bibi. And uh, there's been a number of these that uh, among all those that are persecuted, they pop up for some reason. They make the news. They get becomes almost political between the nations. Well, Brunson was eventually released. And, of course, he was interviewed. Uh, he sat alongside President Trump. But the one thing that he was talking about you know, he and he says, people ask me, would I do this again? He says, you always hear people say, oh, yeah, I'd go through it again. He says, I wouldn't. He says, this was really hard. He says, it took me a year just to come to grips with where I was and what was happening. See, that is the persecuted part of the persecution. See, that is the part. See, when we look at it, and sometimes we have that fault when we talk about suffering and trials and we talk about it as if, you know, oh, this is something to strive for. It isn't anything to strive for. It's something that will come. And to more people overseas than other people at other places. 
persecution for your faith as a Christian. If you're in North Korea, happens more than uh, to anybody on the face of this earth. Christians there can't tell anybody anything. But there are reports come out, and they make the reports through people that are doing this at great risk to their lives, telling us about people who are telling others in North Korea about the gospel and the Lord. Now, see, you get in America, and you can still talk about the Lord pretty much. We still have churches. We're still free. We have a constitution, and yeah, we have a Congress. They may battle and fight, and we have news, even fake news. And, of course, they're even trying to, you know, they're all doing the, the fight against fake news. And and a lot of that is, of course, trying to silence uh, those who don't like the fake news. But in spite of all that division, we still have rights. We are still moving, moving ahead. But see, when the trial comes, it does disrupt your little world. But see, Paul, uh, Peter immediately gets to this. He says, rejoice that you're a partaker of Christ's sufferings. And there comes a point, I think, within that, before you can come to grips with what's really happening. And, you know, there there's this thing that when you look at the issues of persecution, you know, it, it comes so easy for those who persecute others, it seems. And yet the people who are persecuted the women who lose their their children or their husband or the man who use, loses his wife and child. Or like the couple recently we talked about whose daughter was kidnapped by three Muslim men. This was in Pakistan. Several hundred miles away, she's now married to the guy who took her. And the parents went to court And the judge sided with the one who took it because she was of menstruating age and she was married to him. Of course, this is these are forced marriages. Uh, they have, I think the number is a thousand or more of these women that are kidnapped among Hindu and Christians that uh, they take them and force them to marry them. Of course, the number one thing they do is rape them. And then, of course, they threaten them and say, if you don't marry me, I'm going to kill your whole family. So a lot of threats are behind the scene. But when it gets to the court, especially in Pakistan and these other areas, well, in this case, the parents have no recourse because the law doesn't fit because she's of menstruating age and this is okay. And this is gut-wrenching for them. But this is persecution. How do you get used to something like that? You've got to find help in the Lord. Man is not going to help you. Your friends may comfort you, but they can't take away the ache. Only the Lord can. And so when we talk about persecution here, we're not talking about fluff here. I'm not discussing what issues happen to you in America. It's not that, you know, maybe you don't have a job or the job doesn't pay enough and you're behind in your bills or whatever it is. We're not talking about that, folks. We're talking about when your life is totally upset when you lose your home or you lose somebody close to you, things are happening to you. 
and it and it's persecution in relation to being a Christian. And so he goes on to say, but if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. And those who persecute Christians hate Christ. They hate the message. Even Franklin Graham has met that when he's recently he's been trying to do his UK tour to preach and his four venues were canceled. And it was because of LGBTQ protests there. It didn't even come out of the Muslims. That was kind of interesting because there's a lot of Muslims there. And he recently posted on Instagram that the message of Christ, the person of Christ, is what they hate. And he's, you know, he's right. But see, the thing of it is, is that if you do get reproached, if you do go through a fiery trial, there is this supernatural part. And Asiya Bibi describes when she was in prison, she had shackles around her neck, a neck collar, which is tied to a chain, a heavy chain that she would drag behind her. And she had chains on her feet and on her wrists, I think. And, of course, the guards could tighten them at will. And she was she was in prison for nine years, I think it was. I read an article the other day that says eight, but I think it's nine. At any rate, she's free now because the Pakistani court reversed it. And we have great hopes that the Pakistani court will continue to do that. Recently, they they released a whole bunch of others. Uh, and and so we, we pray that, that Pakistan will be more conducive and leave these believers alone because they're not hurting anybody. Uh, and there's no way they would ever think of blaspheme, uh, you know, Allah or Islam, although many become accused of it. But in verse 15, it says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's affairs. And see, that's that's a warning. And see, when you get in church, we've got our groups of cliques. We have those in there that spread rumors. We have those in there that gossip. And, of course, the church does get in its little cliques and talk about the pastors and the leadership. Yeah, they do. If you say they don't, you're lying. And I say that lovingly. You're mistaken. Okay, not lying, mistaken. I've I've been there. I've seen the politics that happens. But see, that doesn't matter to me at all. The thing of it is, is as I told a young man who demanded me tell him an answer, and I told him the answer and he didn't like it, you know, all these churches we have and all these denominations doesn't matter a whit. And even though you may not like them, it doesn't matter. Why? Because the fire is coming. The fiery trial. The smelter of the Lord in the land of the free, as I say, And in my first book many, many years ago, D-Day for America, I warned of these things. 
And so you have this aspect within the church, all churches, all men. And even those churches and men that you think, well, they're not Christian, even though they call themselves. It doesn't matter. The Catholic Church is not Christian. It doesn't matter. You seek the Lord. You keep your house in order. You be the witness. Revelation 12:11. We overcame. They overcame. Past tense here in Revelation. By the blood of the Lamb. That means you're redeemed. The word of your testimony. This follows what the Lord says. If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father, the angels. And the final, they love not their lives unto the death. Whosoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel shall find it. Revelation 12:11 follows the gospels exactly. And that is the way they overcame. That is how you overcame. That's what you need to focus on. Because in the church itself, this fire is going to come on all of them, on every denomination, on every faith, on everything. There's a fire. But it will begin in the house of God first. The Lord Jesus Christ, Yahshua, the greater son of David, the warrior king, and he is coming as the warrior king. Make no mistake about it. He's going to put down all the enemies. He's going to set up his kingdom, his tabernacle. And that's why it commands us, you know, that there is going to be a keeping of tabernacles. Now, today the Jews keep tabernacles by making sukkahs and things like this. But during the time of the millennium and the Lord coming, his sukkah, his tabernacle will be where he will be sitting on his throne. And you will make pilgrimage there once a year on tabernacles. That's scripture. (laughs) And that is uh, in Zechariah, I believe. Yeah. The last chapter. So at any rate. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, verse 16, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? Now, see, he didn't end there. See, it's one thing. For the time is come that judgments must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? So if we're believers and that we obey the gospel, then what do we have to be worried about? Well, he just got done telling you. He's speaking to Christians. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's affairs. In other words, doing wrong, maybe getting thrown in jail, uh, doing things that is of the flesh. Paul tells you about the flesh and the deeds of the flesh. So if we who obey the gospel, but yet in the being of the gospel, we str- we fall off into sin. Remember 1 John 1. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And in that context, it tells you, but if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. 
And he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin. So there's a relationship we have to walk in the light as he is in the light, in his light, not in darkness, not the deeds of darkness, not the deeds of the flesh. But if we do sin, we can come to him and ask for forgiveness. But it's this persistence of sinning and continuing to sin and not dealing with it is where we wind up into trouble. So these are pertinent warnings to the church. So if we, through the thorough judgment of God and his examination, the fiery trial, and that's why it's the smelter of the Lord, any precious metal can only be smeltered 99.99%. That one little bit that can't be perfected is the difference between gold here and gold in heaven. Now, of course, not having walked on the streets of gold yet, there is one thing that I can tell you. That in Scripture, when we see gold, it's clear as glass, which is kind of interesting. Then that would only mean that that gold is 100% pure and perfected. It's kind of interesting how that would work. Now, see, for us here, man kills and steals and robs because of gold. Our history books are replete with the gold strikes, the California, the Alaskan, and even down here in Colorado and the silver and the gold down there. In Nevada, the silver and the gold. So if the righteous scarcely be saved, where are the sinner and the ungodly going to stand? Well, it ain't going to be good. We know where they're going to stand at one point. There's going to be a a dark one, a wicked one, a man of lawlessness who is going to rule and reign with what we call the false prophet. And there's going to be the mark of the beast, and people are going to take it. They're going to believe him. They're going to follow him. And they will be damned forever. So there's a place where the unbelievers have to come to the Lord. But it's up to them. And this is where the gospel is going to be preached in all the world for a witness, and then the end shall come. The end hasn't come yet. The fire in the house of God hasn't even really begun yet, especially in the Western nations. And there are those that are trying to tell you you're in the middle of the tribulation. You're not in the middle of the tribulation, folks. This is before the tribulation. Yeah, this is tribulation and trouble, but it's not the great tribulation. And it's certainly not the wrath of God tribulation. Because we know when the, when the beast appears, Revelation 13, we're going to have a certain amount of days which amount to an equivalent of about three and a half years. We know from one point when he stands up, 
we know the sign, and that's really the sign you're looking for. Of course, if you're a pre-trib rapturist, then you don't expect to see him. And, of course, if you're really totally pre-trib, then you should have already been taken up. Nevertheless, I, I, you know, the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib don't mean a thing to me. I could care less. So if you're all wrapped up in it, that's up to you. I'm all, I'm all for it whenever the Lord comes and gets me. That's just it. I don't worry about that at all. That's just not even in, in my vocabulary. I could care less. And uh, I could go further, but I will tell you this. Those that follow it think they can prove it, but they're wrong. And you can line up your scriptures, but there's nowhere in scripture that tells you there's going to be a seven-year tribulation. Not even the 70th week of Daniel, if you want to apply it to that, which is not applicable. But see, you've got PhDs uh, in theology that agree to that. That doesn't matter at all. I could go into this, but... So at any rate, verse 19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And that's the key. It's not suffering according to the will of man. It's not suffering because you broke a law. It's suffering according to the will of God. Now, if you're a Christian living in some of these countries, or maybe even one day in America or one of the Western nations, and you had to be a Christian, and you, you know, uh, you went out, you started preaching to someone on the sidewalk, and you just violated the law, they write you up, they put you in jail. That's according to the will of God. Because we must obey God first even over the laws of men. When the laws of man come in conflict with the laws of God, the higher authority is God. And I can tell you that the Christians, from what we've covered many years, they didn't do anything wrong. Pastor Brunson had been pastoring in Turkey for a long time, real long, long, long time. Then all of a sudden he found himself facing charges and in jail for something he didn't even do. Asiya Bibi, the same thing. See, these kind of circumstances seem strange. They come at you out of nowhere and all of a sudden, bam. So here you are. Now, see, that's another thing. You know, well, why do you want to talk about this? Why are you a watchman? Why do you tell people, first of all, you know, uh, not even talking about the calling? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. Because Paul says it best here. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him, meaning the Lord. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now you see, this is the bottom line. Everybody is going to appear before Christ. 
And according to what you've done in this body, you're going to be rewarded for it. And that's the basis also of Revelation 22. Another scripture that backs this up. Revelation does back up the Gospels and the Epistles. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Now, that's just a couple of little items in it. You can find it for yourself, Revelation 22, and it goes on. It says, for I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. If you're going to be wicked, be wicked still. That's what Scripture says. If you're going to be righteous, be righteous. If you're going to be holy, be holy, but continue to be holy. Our job is not to twist the wicked and tell them to stop doing things. Our job is to tell them the gospel, witness to them, and say, here it is. And sometimes you can, you know, after you witness to them, you know, then you can fast and pray, and you can bind these things that are bothering them, and you can, through prayer and the binding and the spiritual warfare that you can do, you can bring people to the Lord. But the final decision is up to them. But see, Paul's motivation is, I'm going to face Christ. He has appointed me as an apostle, and this is what I've got to do. And so this is, this is what he says. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences, made plain what they're doing, their calling that they're apostles, and this is what we do, knowing the terror of the Lord. Now, see, of course, Paul, being Jewish and being a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he calls themselves, he knew the Torah really well. He knew Jehovah, and he knew what it was like. He knew what the fiery mount was, and when the children of Israel, including Moses, froze in terror because of the smoke and, and how great it was, it was an awe sight. Nobody had seen anything like it. For this God chose Israel to reveal himself on the top of the mount. And see, we know that kind of terror of the Lord. But you don't know, nor can you comprehend the terror of the Lord, the terror, the fear that happens to people that are in Sheol, in hell right now, because they rejected the Lord for what they've done. Because they rejected him. See, we know the terror of the Lord. We know the Lord is coming in judgment. We know the reward for the wicked, and we don't want him to be there. Therefore, we love the sinner. We hate the sin. But within this, there is a reasoning. We are supposed to be salt to the world that preserves, but It's not. Many times the church is not salt. They join the world. Hebrews nine twenty six and through twenty eight. <clears throat> For then he must often have suffered <clears throat> since the foundation of the world, but now in the end of the world he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. If you ever want to read really a good book and study it, it's Hebrews. Hebrews is a great book, the way Paul relates all this from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. Because, see, every year they had to sacrifice 
on the Day of Atonement and seek the Lord. Then they had regular sacrifices every, every, you know, all the time. But see, Paul is saying that the Son of God, you know, was on the cross as the Lamb of God, shed the blood for all mankind once. And he does not have to do that. Of course, the reasoning is, is, is some of the Jews, well, you know, we have to do this all the time. Paul says, well, he doesn't have to do that. He sacrificed himself. And then he goes on to say, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. See, that's the putting off of this body of death. That's why Christ died. Paul says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all creatures most miserable. It's more than just being a Christian in this life, folks. Now, see, Christians overseas are going through hell, many of them. And I can tell you this, the nations, because we've been covering it a long time. They're out there. And in this life, being a Christian is death and homelessness and starvation and hatred and vileness. They're treated worse than dogs. Recently, one believer over there says, I just want to be looked upon equal to an animal. See, that's the way the, the Muslims were treating them and the Hindus treated them. And that's the way the communist government now treats A lot of them, Christians. So it's appointed and men wants to die, but after the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin to under salvation. You need to look for him. You need to watch for him. He says to watch. You need to be ready. You need to be walking in the light. See, because our hope is beyond this world. My hope is with Christ and his kingdom. My hope is not in America. I'm not a watchman in America, although sometimes I'll I'll put it up. You know, I'll mention being an American watchman. I'm an American. I'm here, but I'm a watchman. And it goes way beyond you thinking I am or not. It doesn't matter. It matters nothing to me. I'm not here for your approval. I'm not here because you love me or hate me. I'm here because God has called me and told me because of things that he did in my life. And this goes way, way back. The first time that I knew that America and what was going to come to this country was even even before I married my wife, and we've been married a long time. This is deeper. And see, for Paul, it was deeper. And for the Christians today that are being persecuted, it's deep, it's personal. You lose loved ones and friends and neighbors, and you're sitting over here whining because of some minor thing. Your your meal wasn't cooked in the restaurant. Joe Blow said something about you. You know, you're not making enough money. You know, shut up. 
Seek the Lord. Look to him. He's the promoter and all such stuff. The bottom line here is, folks, in America, you have seen nothing. And the Western world has seen nothing of what has been going around the world. And yet we want to have trade with China. And China is one of the worst violators of human rights in the entire world. They carry one of the largest encampments, prison camps on earth, by the Uyghur Muslims that are there. And that should not be either, folks. Well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, of course I'm a Christian. But the bottom line of it is, we don't want to see them treated like that. And that's terrible. And I can tell you that China is communist, always been communist. But we had a romance with them. And in that romance, they used our capitalism to enable them to get rich and wealthy. And during that time, they even allowed the Christian church to flourish. But it flourished too much because there was too many of them. And years ago, we started uh, talking about the fact there were more Christians in China than communists, and that Well, it must have scared them because they immediately began cracking down. See, this issue overseas and with some of these nations, we need to be working with these people and telling them you can't do that to Christians. India, Modi, denies there's such a thing going on persecuting Christians. We know there is. And so does the ACLJ and many others. We know. Pakistan's the same way, but we've actually, there's actually been a lot of talk going on. And so this, this is really where we're at in all of this. And so the real issue here is to understand where we're at, what we're doing, and to be prepared for what is coming. You see, those are the goals for all of us. God is going to have judgment on his house. And if God judged Judah, which held his priests, his prophets, his temple. And Israel, their God was called the God of Israel. The temple was the temple of the Lord God. It was his house. That's why David wanted a house for the Lord. But see, a house is not going to contain God. But God used that as a, as a way to contact and be in touch with him. Now see, today we are the temple of God. It's not the house of worship that you go to that has the man-made denomination. The only reason that is anything at all is because there's Christians and they're filled with the Spirit of God. 
And where two or more of them are gathered, he's in the midst. And because of that, God will bless the meeting. He's not blessing the man-made device. He's blessing those who are his. And that's where we've got things screwed up. I can tell you, if you hang on to this secular church in America as though it is the righteous thing getting you to heaven, you've lost. Because around the world, Christians are being persecuted and being murdered and killed, and they have no churches now. And churches are fine for a place to worship and gather. But you need to understand The devil's coming after you and always has. But in Christ, we have the victory. And the weakest Christian can resist the devil and he will flee from them. You have power in the name of Christ. We are seeing miracles and signs and wonders in some of the hardest places where Christians are working. And we cover these too. There are miracles. There are deliverances. So understand the full picture. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for those that listen whenever they do. Bless them, help them to understand, to guide them and keep them, Lord, and watch over them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name. Don't forget to go to warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Have a lot of good articles that go way back. These are in-depth articles, folks. And these are meant, all of them, biblically to provoke people about what they're doing to draw closer to the Lord. You don't need to draw closer to me. You need to draw close to the Lord. And so make sure it's okay to have pastors. I remember mine. And I had one. And I was a youth pastor and I was a pastor. But the truth of the matter it is, your father in heaven loves you and his son died for you. Until next time, folks, for Tower and myself, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.